This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Amanda Lee's journey to the Catholic faith was a long but beautiful one. She thought that her identity was wrapped up in academics or her athletic ability as a competitive swimmer. But through a powerful homily and a message from a stranger, Amanda was invited to explore her identity in him as a daughter of God. Armed with her faith, Amanda now uses her platform City on a Hill to not only share her artwork, but also the ways in which God loves her unconditionally. In this episode, Amanda shares her incredible journey of faith and conversion, how she got into art despite failing the subject in school, and how God calls her and all of us to be a light to the world. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. My pleasure. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a great start to the morning to be able to like, on this part of the world, at least. It's a 9.30 for me. And on mm-hmm. a Saturday. So yeah, all bright and good after the full work week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Excited for the weekend and for our call. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am super excited. And I have to tell listeners that you are my first guest outside of North America. I know that, you know, for the past year, I would say I've been so fortunate to meet with women all over the United States. I myself am based in Canada. And I would say it was about this time last year that I really started to break out and do that. So it's very timely that we are meeting in this time. I really do believe that God has kind of moved it in that way. And to start off, I'll get you, Amanda, to introduce yourself and share with listeners where it is that you're calling in from, but also what you do right now. All right. All right. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Amanda. I'm from Malaysia. Sunny, humid, rainy Malaysia. (laughs) I have a full-time job in a media agency. So that's my day-to-day job. On the other hand, where I share my passion project, City on a Hill Designs, it's just yeah, a stirring in my heart to share what the Lord has placed and planted within me for, I think it has been many, many years, I would say, but it's just like suppressed and under the soil. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like last year, I decided to really, really take that major leap of faith to trust in the Lord to provide. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, and God bless technology for being able for us to be able to, you know, connect across the ocean and across time like this. Yep. Um, But I can't wait to to dive into this conversation with you. And maybe as we get going, I would love it if you could share a little bit of your faith journey and how you've come to be the woman that you are today in, you know, in faith and that relationship with God that way. Yeah, I would love to. I didn't grow up as a Catholic Christian or in a Christian household. My dad is Malaysian Chinese. My mom is Filipino. So I kind of like grew up going to temples at the same time, maybe during 
Christmas. It was Christmas party. <laughs> That's about it for my exposure to the Christian faith. I would consider, I guess, free thinker, whatever, just following my parents around. And I think also that I grew up a competitive swimmer. I swam for the state and occasionally for uh, Malaysia. And so, yeah, that's a little bit background of uh, me and my life growing up. Lots of studying, tuition and trainings. That's about it. I don't have any social life. <laughs> so <laughs> that is me. That is me. Wow. Okay. So you grew up going to temple and some Christmas parties. So where did, I guess, Christianity or even the Catholic faith come into play for you, Amanda? I think I first encountered Christ when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. At that time, my mom has been bringing me to church a year before that. So perhaps 14 years old or so. And just going for the sake of accompanying her and perhaps making new friends and see something different outside of my ordinary swimming friends or hmm. the swimming um, cycle throughout my week. That it was what I grew up in, the mindset of striving for excellence, especially for academics or in whatever I do. But then there was a point of time where I really struggled in finding my identity. I would say in Malaysia or Asia culture, we hardly express or be able to speak to our parents as much as Western culture. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I kind of like jumped from a relationship, one relationship to the other. And it's, it wasn't a good and a healthy cycle. And to a point where any guys that would make me feel loved. And I guess within us, there is this longing and the, the desire to be loved and to mm -hmm. also express that love for another person. But because I didn't know God, I didn't know Christ, it was simply finding every other opportunities out there just to fill that void. And I did not know that it was God is the, the one that's supposed to fill that void. At that time, I was dating all sorts of guys from different walks of life mm -hmm. and to a point where I was going to church and I was heartbroken once again. But this time was with a Catholic guy. At the time, I wasn't baptized. I was just going mm -hmm. to church. I go, oh, I also go for Sunday school. So it's like there's this like non-baptized girl just in Sunday school, just following <laughs> along because she yeah. has friends. But I don't necessarily proclaim like Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe in all that you're teaching and all. So yeah, I felt part of the community, the Catholic community. But at the same time, what my then ex-boyfriend said was the reason why he broke up with me was that he mentioned that he would like a Catholic girlfriend and a partner in the future to be Catholic. And that is where I started questioning about my identity more in-depthly. Like, what am I? Like, who am I? What is so special by being called Catholic or, you know, why, why is it so important to him to have the same faith, to share the same desire and mission? 
And I think that totally opened the floodgates. Like, because I started like questioning, I started wondering. Really, one thing that I can think of is what is wrong with me? What is it that I, I long for that cannot be somehow found in guys or any other material things? And there was one day at Mass, I was, so because I was like part of uh, serving in ministry as well, so weird because like there's this non-Christian baptized girl that goes for every other thing in church, but is not baptized. So there was <laughs> one day at Mass, I was being the projectionist. So the, the person that projects the slides, the press, and in our chapel, there is like a CCTV because it's a, like a three-story building. So we have the camera to always uh, like point around where the altar is. So as I was um, listening to the homily of the priest, he mentioned about the love of God the Father. He said that no matter what your earthly father has done, or no matter how imperfect your earthly father is, we have a father, God the Father, who gave his only son to die on the cross. And at that point of time, because our chapel is so small, the crucifix and where the priest was standing was really mm. close. And when he pointed the crucifix, my brain just lighted up and joined the dots mm. like, wow, that is a human and a God at the same time who is so, so loved by the Father. And at the same time, He is the one that saved me from my sin. And wow, that day, I broke down crying in that small projection mm -hmm. box that I was in. I couldn't mm -hmm. explain. I couldn't understand what was happening. I was sobbing. Until wow. a point where people started looking at the projection box. Because, you know, after mm. the homily, it comes to the I believe in God, right? But mm. there wasn't anything projecting on a screen. <laughs> so everyone started like, finding out what's wrong. And then when I just jut my head out and I was sobbing, and someone just make me understand and to help me project and get the mask going. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, stop crying, stop crying. What's happening to me? I think that was my first ever knowing that I am so loved. I have more purpose in my life. And to firsthand experience the love of God, the Father. Because I think growing up, my father travels a lot when I was really young. So we hardly spend time together. And that was the longing of that fatherly love that eventually now I realize that, you know, that void within us, it's only can be filled mm. by God and God alone. Yes, he has blessed us with our earthly parents and our relatives, our families, but there is this special an immense and deep well that only God can satisfy. So yeah, that is how I got to experience God and to know God. And from there on, I just told my the choir master at that point of time, who later on became my godfather at baptism. Yeah, so that's my journey of coming to know Christ at Mass. I didn't expect 
to be at mass honestly because i i was confused to be honest like why do people stand kneel and at one point it feels like oh i'm part of you but i'm not part of you as well in order to receive holy communion so mm-hmm. every time it was holy communion i just see people walk past me walk past <laughs> me that's about it but yeah yeah that that's how i come to faith that's incredible yeah and i mean i know that even in like i think about my own catholic story i guess being a cradle catholic there is constant conversion and i guess deeper conversion so what was it like after you were baptized and what was that journey like i guess as a new catholic now that you were able to fully participate and be one with this community that you had been learning from and enjoying company with after i was baptized i actually thought that once i became a catholic all the problems in the world would just vanish mm-hmm. all the other like longings or whatsoever just like poof i went down to the water and i made a new it felt like no one can come against me it's me and jesus mm. my life would be all good but no cuz that is our fallen human nature you know and shortly after i was then again found myself in that cycle of constant relationships after another relationships like 15 years old i was baptized in 17 years old i i was again heartbroken by this guy he was a christian he's not a catholic but he was a christian and he ended things really abruptly mm. via text oh man we were so involved with one another especially like physically to a point where when things ended i then ask what is my worth now hmm. and i would totally relate uh, so much i think last year was that the chosen you know the crazy amazing video series the chosen mm-hmm. wow related so much of mary magdalene especially mm-hmm. in the first episode because that was my story you know and also mm-hmm. the woman at the well because that whole relationship one after another and then getting involved physically at such a young age at the point i felt worthless because my worth as a woman leading into perhaps a marriage life it's tarnished and i questioning again my worth like who want me and i went into a spiral of depression and isolation just putting myself in a box and not wanting god to come in anymore because here i am i became a catholic and thinking that i have everything else that is going to like make my life great but not fully understanding what Jesus meant by picking up your cross you know come to me and you know rest in him for his yoke is light i couldn't understand it at that point of time when these burdens are put on me i straight away that is my first instinct is to blame god you know and to ask him question him so yeah that is 
a really dark time for me. I stopped going to church. I got so agitated when my mom, who is the only Christian, only Catholic person in my family, my mom tries to um, bring me to a church event. I was rebellious and definitely has hurt her a lot along the way Mm. as well. Yeah. It's crazy too, because I see so much of my own story in yours. And I also want to say to how appreciative I am of how vulnerably you shared just so many of the things in there. Uh, like I said, it totally resonates, but also just that feeling of doubt of your worth, right? And just questioning God and his goodness, especially after you said yes to a life with him, truly. And I was curious to know at what point was, I guess, the turning point or what helped you to go even deeper into your faith after this difficult breakup, that difficult relationship? And yeah, what helped to restore your faith and maybe kind of go again, like we mentioned earlier, deeper into this conversion of yours? The turning point was when I decided to go for this event. A conversation with the speaker who was from out of town that spoke to me because at the point of time, I was single. I was ready to mingle. You know, my head space was not right. My mind, my heart, everything was just everywhere and not focusing on God. So I went to this church event, not even wanting to be with God, just being there, physically there. And so when this speaker came up to me during lunch break and he said that, are you Amanda? I'm like, yeah. Then he said like, I have a message for you. And I'm like, what is that? And because he came with a couple of young men to help facilitate the whole event. And in my head, because of my history, right? I thought Mm -hmm. that one of the guys was so afraid to approach me to tell this, you know, secret message or whatsoever. an elderly man, not to say elderly, but a, a more senior, their leader to come and tell me something. I'm like, wow, what guys are these? I thought he pulled me aside in front of the altar and said, I have a message for you, Amanda. Um, I do not know what you have been going through. I do not know you, but I just sense that you need to know this. And he told me just six words. He said that the message is, I love you forever and always. Wow. And I don't believe I went to church saying like, I've broken up, you know, here is me wanting to be loved or, you know, things like that. The more powerful thing is that those six words are specifically the six words that I recently told my previous ex-boyfriend. I know that the words I love you, it's just used around all relationships. We use that um, interchangeably, right? But for my last boyfriend, because I thought that was the one, that was my promise to him. Mm -hmm. That six words. So no one else um, would know how much those six words come together. um, And he hit me in a really mind-blowing way. And at the point of time when I was there just one second thinking that what guy don't have the guts enough to come up 
to me to tell me a good message or a special message. But this message was from God Himself, from God Himself, and no one else know how much those words meant to me. And not even the speaker; I have never met him in my life. So a little context behind, right? Because I was so adamant to come for this event, I told God that if He is not gonna pull me back, if He is not gonna tell me who am I, or By this weekend, because it's a weekend event,、mm-hmm. I gave God a timeline, you know, and that was bad. <laughs> it's like challenging God to work at your time, but that was my authentic, genuine prayer after a a year of not talking to God and just not thinking about Him. But I, I literally remembered I was angry at him. I was just minutes before going into the car for this event. I shouted in my room. I say, "God, you know you're gonna show me something this weekend. If not,、mm. bye. This is my last goal, you know." And so when that message came, it just struck right to my heart, and I, for the first time ever, as a Simmer, right? You were thinking like, "Oh, I'm so strong, and you know, I carry weights. Oh, my stamina is so good." At that point of time, my knees were jelly. I'm like, "Why can't I stand?" And I was sobbing again. And I remind, and I'm reminded that that same altar was that first love that was first introduced to me of God the Father, and what a wow. Just talking about it is just reminding me of that time, but yeah, it was so powerful. And ever since then, I fully able to somehow have a glimpse of what scripture means—not just words, but really allowing it to seep into my life and to apply it. And scripture really came alive. Then my faith became more prominent, and. You know, it's it's very interesting because at a point of time, I, I started competitive swimmer at six, and at the point of time, I was eighteen. So for a good eleven, twelve years, half of my life, I was devoted to to just swimming. And it was funny because at seventeen, I was I had to go through a surgery. And you know how when we go to camps, they say you know you surrender and lay it all down for Christ. And in my head, I cannot give up swimming. Swimming is my life. But funnily enough, at seventeen, I went through an operation, and at eighteen, I took a break from swimming. It was very very a hard time for me because all I knew was swimming. I didn't know how to、uh, spend my other free time. Other than swimming, at eighteen, I had to make the decision to、um, let swimming go, and never in my life I thought that I would stop swimming. I my goal was set for the Olympics. That was my dream ever since I was really young, and so to let that go, it was very hard. But honestly, I think. God has His plans, you know. In order for me to really devote my life to Him, He needed to take something out of my life that was taking up space, which was swimming. I'm not saying that all other athletes are are not doing what God is asking them to do and pursue, but 
I truly believe that each and every single person have their own special and unique purpose and calling. And for me, it was hard to break up with swimming in a way, but there was so much needed for me to fully experience and live out and be a missionary for Christ, to know that Christ is with me, to know He is holding my hand every single step of the way. What I find to be just incredible is, you know, you talk about conversion, of course, so the first conversion to the faith, and then a deeper reversion, like you're saying. And I'm sure there are many saints, many wise people who have said this, but just this idea that like every day, every moment is is conversion. It's reversion. Amen. It's going deeper into our relationship with God. And those are such powerful moments that you shared. You know, the first one while you were in the projectionist box and then hearing that homily and then you know, receiving that six word message from a complete stranger. Like I had chills just hearing you recount that. But all of it comes back to this idea that God the Father, his love is so good. And mm -hmm. it's one that fills every hole, every crevice, every gap that we might have. And there's nothing in this world that can satisfy it. It really is only him. And, you know, I love how you were talking about just this idea that you had to, or he had to take something away in order for you to really kind of come into that love and recognize that you don't need to be anything else. You don't need to be anyone else. You just need mm -hmm. to be yourself and he loves you in spite of that. I want to like quickly shift gears. Like I, I had no idea that you were into swimming. So it just goes to show like how like nuanced and, and just deeply talented you are. Because I know that how we got connected was through Instagram, through Catholic yeah. Instagram. Yeah. But you were also a phenomenal visual artist Thank and you. designer. I mean, like, I wish I could swim. I wish <laughs> I could draw. But I mean, I know the Lord has other things uh, in store for me. But I wanted to ask you, like, how you got interested in art. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's funny to hear people comment so much or say that my art is good because I grew up failing art. No way. I first was introduced to brush calligraphy and this was in 2016 or so when I was getting through one of my summer jobs. Growing up in a Chinese school, my exposure to calligraphy is the first Chinese calligraphy. And my artistic style or whatsoever is it was so bad in calligraphy that <laughs> you know how exhibition art exhibition is like you display those that are good mm -hmm. I was that bad that my primary school teacher had me open my book and walk around class because I was so bad that telling the my other classmates not to follow me that was how bad I was. <laughs> so I think ever since then, my relationship with art or anything artistic to do with my hands or anything crafty, I had a fear, you know. So 2016 was just me exploring it on YouTube. I started buying my first brush pen and I started following videos one by one daily. And I picked it up. It wasn't great. <laughs> It's not something that I would put up somewhere and display mm -hmm. it, but everyone has to start somewhere, I guess. 
And I think it was introduced to me in a much later stage in life where I know that God also has his plans because who knows that I'll be having this platform to share his truth, the gospel and mm. his message. So it was then I started to practice to allow some grace as well because I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely doesn't help whenever I create <laughs> a bad art or, you know. But then it also was a time for me to allow God to tell me to be patient. I did mm-hmm. not know that it would lead up to this and whatever God has in store for City on a Hill, I'm just entrusting it to Him. But I think the journey has allowed me to be patient with myself and to trust in God's timing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just goes to show too that in his time, he was able to help you to become good at the craft, so to speak. So then from there, how did City on a Hill come to be? Uh, Just because obviously you were practicing, you were getting good at what you were doing. What was then the transition for you to take your art public? Uh, I started the Instagram account called Little Flower Rights. St. Therese is my patron saint. Mm -hmm. So I had a really, really close friendship with her. So I wanted everything to be with about her. And, you know, uh, I was painting watercolor flowers at that time. So why not? So I started off as Little Flower Rights and took a hiatus for months and months. This passion revisited once again. And the idea of City on a Hill Designs just came about maybe 2018. I visited my maternal grandmother in the Philippines. So where I was at that time was called Baguio. So it's mm-hmm. like the highlands, the mountains, the hills and the valleys and all. And at the time, my eyes were open when I was making the journey towards my auntie's home felt like I was immersed in the whole salt and light story mm. of how the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, it felt like, whoa, I am on a city on a hill, in the city on a hill. Mm. There was like a breeze that was so refreshing and just little houses on hills, you know, different sizes, different beauty of it in itself. And especially at night, it was just lighted up. The different light is also a different intensity. So some are brighter, some are really small, and some are like, you know, uh, really tiny. And it really blew my mind again. Like, wow, it's such a beauty. And then again, it, it was just an experience. Like, oh, I'm just part of a story, like in the gospel, you know. And... It was last year when, before the pandemic really, really go full-blown, I was in Australia. I stayed in Australia for about half a year or so when I was studying in university. So that was when I was posting on Instagram under Little Flower Rides. But last year when I visited Australia, I was walking through the neighborhood and while wow, the flowers that are so beautiful are so, like, they're so big, as big as the palm of my hands. And as I was walking and just speaking to God, just having some time with Him, He just turned on a switch again. Like, because at that point of time, I wasn't giving this account or this space much attention to. 
because that whole feeling like, man, the exposure of my post is not getting as good. I'm not getting enough likes. And that whole cycle of toxicity of, you know, being on social media, the good and the bad mm-hmm. side of it. And it yep. took a toll on me. And so I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I'm not going to deal with this. So I took a break from it. But then in, in Australia where God was once again inviting me to revisit this passion and this seed that he planted within me in um, about four years ago, 2016 until like last year. It was then where he spoke, what happened? Where is this gift that I've given you? Did you just bury it away? And then that parable of the talent just come like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Hmm. Am I not sharing what God has given me? And that whole doubt of, you know, I'm not an artist. I failed in arts. I cannot make it, you know. This is not you. This is not your space to excel. But I, I tell you, Rachel, ever since I made that step, step by step to commit once again to create art that he wants me to create, words that he wants me to write and share, um, I tell you, like, Really, last year, October, where I first really um, launched my small business, I actually got my small business registered and all. Wow, it was... Doors are beginning to open. Doors like this, just to share my experience and journey. So actually, this podcast, this time of an opportunity is really God's way of providing, God's way of letting me know that he is with me every step of the way. And Mm. no matter how, what plans I have in mind, it's no comparison to what he has in mind because I'm not, I'm only seeing here and now, you know, but he's the, he sees the whole bigger picture. And yeah, so it's a long journey of falling back, trusting in him, picking myself back up and turning away from him. And yeah, Sorry, I'm just really, really dumbfounded because I think this is my first time this year to properly vocalize everything, you know. And mm. so when, when I speak, I'm also dumbfounded by, oh my gosh, like God is, <laughs> God has been such a blessing. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, thanks be to God. And like you said, just everything that he's been able to to give you and like really work through you. And it's funny too, just because one of the things that really drew me to your account, of course, like aside from the artwork, that was a given. That <laughs> it's, it's, it's so beautiful. But also, you know, City on a Hill, I knew right when I read it. But then of course, as I did a little more research and I read through your site and whatnot, like I mm. knew it was a tribute to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. And it's funny just because, you know, it was this time last year that I also was really reflecting on that verse, especially, you know, being a light to the world. And I love that you you were having that conversation with God and also your level of intimacy with him is something that is so beautiful. But just how he was able to say to you, you know, like, why are you hiding this gift that I've given you. And it even says in that part of Matthew's gospel, you know, we don't put a light and 
hide it under a bushel basket. No, like we put it on a lampstand for all the people to see so that other people will be able to glorify God and not us. We're like, we're not meant to be the light that people are drawn to and just be like, oh, wow, like, you know, Rachel's so good. Amanda's so good. But hopefully it's through the work that we do. So whether it's art or podcasts, even swimming, like whatever it is that we do, that people are able to see us and glorify God. So I find that to be so remarkable and just how beautiful it is that you're able to do that. Wow. Thank you so much. I just got chills. Like you connected the dot actually when you mentioned like when God asked me, why am I hiding? And then I did not see the connection to the city on a hill thing. Because at that point of time, I was in that whole moment, you know, just like God is just simply asking, why am I hiding? But you connected it beautifully. Thank you so much. I just Mm. got chills from listening to that. (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, Amanda, like, obviously, this podcast is called the Feminine Genius Podcast. And I know that you've touched on a couple different aspects of, you know, femininity, Catholic femininity, and some of the difficult things that we do go through as women, but also in your own life, some of the triumphs that come about through our womanhood. And I was wondering if you could share just in terms of your own feminine genius, how you've seen that play out in your story, in your life, what your feminine genius has looked like for you. Mm -hmm. I think there was one time that, you know, the whole discussion was really hot topic on social media when it comes to like feminist and things like that. I didn't Mm -hmm. really think much about it. So the whole aspect of feminine genius is actually pretty new to me, I would say. And so when I was reading up about it and knowing a little bit more, it's really, really God just empowering us women who he creates us to be. And in my own life, as a competitive and athletic person, right, I never see myself as a very feminine person. Mm -hmm. I was built with like, really muscular body so I wouldn't consider myself as like oh I'm very feminine or you know very gentle so it was also a journey for me to embrace my own feminine side like Mm. oh I've always viewed like I can't wear that dress I can't be feminine because I'm so bulky I'm so big and I'm so muscular Mm. and it is not for me but when mm-hmm. God slowly uh, moved me and slowly guided me into this head space and mind space that he created me as a woman. And as a woman, there's just these instincts within us to want, want to nurture and want to care about something. And whatever that, that we are placed into our care, our purview is just going to flourish just by us trusting in him, leading mm-hmm. us, and expressing ourselves as ourselves. Because when it comes to like art, I personally connect it to something very beautiful, you know? Hmm. And because previously, the, the words that surrounds me was like, oh, you look hot. Oh, you look sexy. And it doesn't really correlate with the whole femininity side of it. When I think about femininity, it's beautiful pretty very gentle in a way so this aspect of feminine genius i have seen god working in every single moment actually like in my calligraphy and as i create and pack the orders 
it's not second nature to me. So to learn this aspect of how to present something and to allow myself that inner femininity within me and to discover that side of me as well. So it's an ongoing journey, I would say for me. Wow. Yeah. What a beautiful reflection. And I mean, to your point, there is no one way. It's not even right or wrong, but no one way. And whether it's like body type or what it is that you're interested in, you know, he uses all of it. And I love how he's blessed you with so many different qualities and attributes and talents and how you're able to, you know, like our lady, as you've said, yes, you know, share that back with the world. So like Amanda, I cannot thank you enough for your time today and just being able to hear your story, seeing a glimpse into your world. Oh man, what a blessing. Thank you so much, Rachel. Oh, of course. And Amanda, would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? Sure, I would love to. That'd be amazing. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly God, we praise you and we glorify you for this beautiful day and beautiful night, wherever that our listeners are tuning into, Lord. You have called them. You have built them into this world. And Lord, it is not just a coincidence, but a special Kairos moment that you are drawing them. Lord, we want to surrender our lives to you, our burdens to you, our struggles, our ups and our downs. And Lord, we want to recognize that you are in this moment. You are present every single step of the way. Help us, O oh Lord, to um, manifest your presence, your love, your joy, your hope, your peace to uh, the people around us. Lord, you call us as women to bear fruits, to bear this beauty that no one else can portray. Help us, O oh Lord, to discover more and more of our femininity and to give you utmost glory oh god whatever lord that you're calling us to do whatever um, career whatever hobby whatever a passion whatever promptings that you're leading us to open our hearts to be sensitive and to respond to you in grace oh lord Lord, as you uh, mentioned in matthew 5 that you know you are saying that we are light of the world and a city on a hill that cannot be hid and Lord, I just pray in a very special way that all of us here listening may embrace our light within us. That Lord, you will use us to be that light on a hill, to be, bring hope and to be that light in someone else's darkness. And may we let your light shine that others may see you and not us. Lord, help us and teach us to be humble to direct all glory to you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amanda, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Rachel, for the opportunity. My thanks again to Amanda Lee for joining us on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. As mentioned, Amanda is my very first guest from outside of North America, 
and I am so grateful for her yes to coming on. So here is to many more guests from around the globe. You can find Amanda's artwork by checking out her website, cityonahilldesigns.com, and by following her on Instagram at cityonahillco. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All of this information can be found on our home on the web, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.